covering sports in the Midwest. It's the Midwest Sports Network. MWSN.net. It's episode 182 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast as we talk about week four in Ohio high school football. Plus the push to the playoffs for the Cincinnati Reds. A few new matches for FC Cincinnati and a win. Plus, the historic arena is going to meet the demolition crew. If it's happening locally, it's on this podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly audio podcast that covers all sports in Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio, and covers areas from Norfolk, Kentucky and the Ohio River up to Lima and Allen County, from Richmond, Indiana and the surrounding Whitewater Valley region to Madison County and surrounding areas. If you want local sports, this is your source. To find your favorite way of listening to this podcast, as well as visiting the Tee Public and Redbubble shops and find the latest episodes, please visit sindaypod.com. This opening theme was created with the Splash app. It's time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mallon. So for those of you that care, we're giving SoundForge an opportunity to record. Why are we doing this? Well, I got off Humble Bumble for like 25 bucks with a couple of video editors and everything like that. So I give this a shot, see how it works. And yeah, we'll see how it goes and we'll see if it replaces Audacity. I doubt it, but you know, let's give it a try. Anyway, I want to get the important news right off the bat. Just breaking as of a couple hours ago from WHIO. Following an attempt to revitalize the tornado-damaged Hera Arena, the city of Trotwood officials, which on this article here, calls it Trowood. Trotwood has two T's. Trot. City of Trotwood officials announced plans to demolish the complex and rezone the property. The Hera Arena was heavily damaged in the Memorial Day tornado outbreak last year in 2019, but was purchased with plans to restore the complex. But due to cost and the extent of the damage, the city will instead demolish the arena. So, first things first, okay, if you were going to demolish it, why... Wasn't this just, I, I don't know. There's some of that irks me about it because after the tornadoes, the owner was like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. It's like 80% safe or something like that. And, you know, you just see the tornado damage and it breaks my heart every single time. This is the better option for the arena. I mean, I I love broadcasting the last four years of hockey that happened at that barn, but yeah, I think it's it's time to go. However, redeveloping the property would be a challenge due to the extent of the damage. Like I mentioned previously, I thought that wasn't a problem until now. Due to the extent of the damage, so the decision was made and a contract has been secured to demolish the legendary venue, a city spokesman said in a media release earlier today. City officials said steps have already been taken to rezone the property, blah, 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 blah. 
So, Hair Arena is going to go bye-bye. Is it due time? Yes. Because the folks that live around Hair Arena mentioned that every time they look at that historic venue being so smashed by the Memorial Day tornadoes of last year, yeah, it, it's it's time to bid it adieu. So, yeah, it's definitely sad. Like I mentioned, I broadcasted Dayton Demons and Demolition last four years. <laughs> I just now realized Demolition Crew, they're going to meet the hockey team again. I miss that hockey team, but what can you do? So, no more Hair Arena. I know there's a lot of memories of Gems Hockey, Bombers Hockey for the first few years before the move to the Nutter Center, Ice Bandits, Gems 2.0, Demons, Demolition, and also Dayton Stealth Youth Hockey called home there before the place shuttered. I mean, and also non-sporting event, you know, memories as well, like concerts, uh, the Heavy Man uh, tournament, I forget what's called off the top of my head. That was out at Hera. Uh, they had the Hamvention there until... Uh, 2016. Yeah, I mean, Hair Arena holds a lot of memories, but unfortunately, the value is kind of gone. So, in comes the demolition crew. Not sure when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen sometime. So, if you can, make your way to Shiloh Springs Road and just remember the good times. Don't break into the property and be stupid. You know, don't do anything stupid. Just go by and remember the good times that Hair Arena brought. So, on to more positive topics. Let's talk about Ohio high school football. Can't believe we're already two-thirds of the way done. There's two more regular season games left. There is a little bit more to talk about. We found out who opted out of the playoffs. And this time round, we have more teams to talk about because... It was the first week of action for Dayton Public and Cincinnati Public Schools, which is nice to see. It's nice to have mostly normal reporting of scores. Is it totally normal? No. And we'll cover that. But first, let's go to the Cross County Conference. Bethel defeats Twin Valley South 34-13. The West Alexandria Cats are still winless on the year. However, the Cats of Lewisburg, the Tri-County North Panthers, they defeat Miami East 25-14, and I believe TCN has won two in a row. We have Tri-Village taking out Bradford 58-14. I believe the Patriots are 4-0, and I believe they were part of the top eight in Division... Oh, I shouldn't do this off memory. don't think it's Division 7. Is it Division 6? Let's call it Division 6. And Sonia rolls over Mississinawa Valley in the Battle of State Route 47. 53-7, Tigers win. Arcanum hands National Trail their second loss. It's Trojans 42, Blazers 25. And the Thursday night game, which was actually held on a Thursday. I know, I know, most of the Thursday night broadcast on Fox 45 have been Thursdays, except that first week, it was a Friday. But Fort Loramie takes care of Covington 41-7. Moving on to the Southwestern Buckeye League, we have an overtime affair to start off the SWBL scores. Franklin defeats Valley View 9-3. No, this is not some lopsided soccer score, and it can't be a volleyball score because, you know, I think you go up to five matches in high school, just like 
collegiate volleyball. But it's 9-3 Wildcats taking down the Spartans. Middletown Mass in 30, Carlisle 20. Bellbrook shuts out Eaton. I saw a couple of scores, but I believe it's 42-0 Golden Eagles over the Fighting Eagles. Once upon a time, Bellbrook and Eaton were both the Golden Eagles. Now I think Eaton goes as the Fighting Eagles, and Bellbrook stays as the Golden Eagles. They're both purple and yellow, but Bellbrook comes out on top, 42-0. Milton Union, 26. Preble Shawnee, 8. Brookville, 28. Monroe, 3. Oakwood picks up their first W on the year by taking down Northridge, 25-14. And Waynesville and the Spartans roll big over the Dixie Greyhounds, 48-14. Moving on to the Miami Valley League. West Carrollton and Fairborn did not play because of the COVID test suffered last week. So this upcoming week, week five, we should see the Pirates and the Skyhawks back to action. We do have Piqua shutting out Stebbins, 27-0. Tippecanoe beating Troy, 30-26. Vandalia Butler, 17. Greenville, 6. While the Green Wave are still winless, they score their first points of the season against the Aviators. And Sydney, 28. Xenia, 21. To the Greater Western Ohio Conference, it's Fairmont, 21. Miamisburg, 7. Northmont hands the Wildcats of Springfield their first loss via overtime affair. It's Thunderbolts 38, Springfield 35. Springboro 35, Centerville 22. And Wayne puts a 70 on the scoreboard by beating Beaver Creek 70-8. Moving onwards to the Central Buckeye Conference, we have Bell Fountain 26 and Kenton Ridge 20. Jonathan Alder 31, Tecumseh 10. London 34, Springfield Shawnee 7. Graham 47, Urbana 14, North Union 22, Northwestern 7, and an overtime win for the Lakers of Indian Lake. They defeat Benjamin Logan and the Raiders 20-14 in OT. In the Ohio Heritage Conference in the Battle of West, it's West Jefferson 44, West Liberty Salem 20, Fairbanks 35, Triad 21, Greenville 35, Springfield Catholic Central 7, Green and 45, Cedarville 0, Madison Plains 28, Southeastern 7, and Mechanicsburg 40, Northeastern 7. As we make the jump up north, first with the Northwest Central Conference, Lima Perry and the Commodores stay undefeated with a 24-8 win over Riverside, Hardin Northern 27, Lehman Catholic 21, Upper Scioto Valley 21, Crestline 13, Crestline winless on the year, Waynesville Goshen 20, Ridgedale 16, and Marion Elgin 44, Ridgemont 28. In the Western Buckeye League, we have Ottawa Glandorf 20 and Lima Bath 17, Van Wart 34, St. Mary's 28, Salina 21, Elida 17, Lima Shawnee 9, Wapakoneta 7, our second low-scoring game, and Kenton 34, Defiance 13. To the Midwest Athletic Conference, it's Coldwater staying undefeated by defeating New Bremen 24-7. Marion Local shuts out St. Henry 28-0. Minster picks up their first W of 2020 by defeating Delphos St. John's 10-7. Versailles 21, Parkway 12, and Fort Recovery 24 and a 7. Our first week of Dayton City League. We have Thurgood Marshall defeating Meadowdale 45-0 on a Saturday. Dunbar picking up a 25-13 Thursday win against Belmont, and Trotwood Madison taking down Ponix 34-6 on a Saturday. Now, normally, for non-conference affairs, I 
you know, we'll put it towards the bottom, and that'd be the last one before we jump into Indiana. But because Strutland Madison started their season along with the Dayton City League, I figured, you know, throw in the Rams and Punics. Which, a quick point, I've always known it as Punics Tech, but I see a lot of Ponits. I, I know it's the same school and it's the Golden Panthers, but is it still Ponits Tech or is it just Ponits now? If you can let me know via the normal address, that would be great. As we move on to Cincinnati, Ohio, US of A with the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference, like I mentioned, it's also the first week of action for CPS. And we start off with Woodward shutting out Schroeder 8 to nothing on a Thursday. In the Battle of Montessori's, and I actually remember how to say Montessori, it's not Montessori, like it looks. It's Clark Montessori 22, Gamble Montessori 14. And a Saturday night win for the Big Red of Hughes. They defeat Walnut Hills 20-7. And according to Ohio High School helmets, Hughes' helmet is black. It's not red. That's just not matching. No, I don't. That's just me trying to be funny. I promise. In the Greater Catholic League, we have McNicholas staying undefeated by downing the Eagles of Shamna Julian 22-0. Hamilton Baden stays hot. They defeat Fenwick 42-6. Alter with a shutout win against Carroll, 48-0 over the Patriots. And Elder 35, Moeller 22 from the pit. St. X has a non-conference game. We'll get to that in a little bit. As we jump in the Cincinnati Hills League, Wyoming 35, Deer Park 7. The Cowboys have definitely been a very fun team to watch over the years. And this year it's been more defensive for the Cowboys, but Wyoming puts up 35 on the Wildcats of Deer Park. And the other team to watch in the CHL, it's Indian Hill 53, Reading 0. I tell you, the Braves have a lot of weapons, a lot of offense going for that team. And it's a shame that Wyoming and Indian Hill don't play in the regular season. Maybe a playoff battle? Hmm. We have Taylor with a big upset win over Madeira, 15-14. Big win for the Yellow Jackets. And we have Finneytown. 22, Marymount 7. To the Greater Miami Conference, Lakota East 28, Princeton 19, first loss in the year for the Vikings. Lakota West 21, Fairfield 7. All 21 of those Firebird points came in the fourth quarter against Fairfield. Cole Rain back on the winning track by defeating Middletown 42-6, next opponent for Princeton this Friday. Mason 21, Sycamore 13. We have Hamilton 41, Oak Hills 13. I believe that's back-to-back wins for the Big Blue. In the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, Turpin did not play. No opponent for the Spartans, so they get back on the gridiron next week. However, Anderson and West Claremont played, and Anderson won 42-0. Wynton Woods took down Milford 49-14 on a Saturday. Little Miami rolls over Loveland 55-20. This would have been homecoming for the Tigers if we weren't struck in with COVID-19 in the pandemic. And King stays hot. The Knights roll over the Lebanon Warriors 41-20 in the Boomerang Battle. I still don't know why it's called the Boomerang Battle. They're close to each other, though, so there you go. That's a local rivalry. In the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference, we have New Richmond pouncing on Wilmington 35-14. A Monday night game. Yes, I know. This is an NFL. This is high school football on a Monday night. And apparently there were three other games in Ohio played on Monday, and one in Pennsylvania. A psychotic, a user of psychotic on Twitter, uh, 
took in Clinton Massey versus Bactavia on Twitter, and that's how I know about that. It's not my smart knowledge or anything. Anyway, Falcons 70, Bactavia 14, Western Brown 29, Goshen 15, East Clinton edges out Williamsburg 22-20, Bethel Tate takes down Blanchester 25-16, and Fayetteville 29, Claremont Northeastern 21. Now to the Southwest Ohio Conference, three conference games on tap, with Ross rolling over Harrison on a Saturday, 49-35. Mount Healthy takes down Northwest, 27-20. And Edgewood hands Talawanda their second straight loss on the year, 34-14. Cougars win. And that was my cat rolling across the Roadcaster Pro and the mic. Thanks for that. In the Miami Valley Conference, Roger Bacon, 37, Summit Country Day 7. I tell you, Corey Kiner and the Spartans, very special team. Definitely, if you can catch Roger Bacon playing once this year, you won't regret it. Or, you know, if you can't, you can always follow Kiner play with the LSU Tigers next year. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, 42, North College Hill, 12. And a score that confused me because I read a press release saying Miami Valley Christian didn't have enough players to have a football team. I guess I was wrong because it's saying 70-0 Cincinnati College Prep over MVCA. So if anyone wants to know if I fell for like a fake release or something like that, or, oh, hey, we did have players after all, please let me know because that, you know, I said that over the broadcast and it just confused me. Anyway, Purcell Marion 21, Norwood 14. New Miami takes down St. Bernard 14-8. And a Thursday night game as Lachlan, they stay hot. The Panthers knock off Cincinnati Country Day 47-20. And now we go to Central Ohio. I mentioned Cincinnati and Dayton Public Schools got their week off or got their seasons off this week, but so did Columbus. And again, the big reason why I do Columbus scores as well. It's mainly to, you know, add more to the podcast. And, hey, you know, most likely you're going to have to play a Columbus team if you want to win the state title. So there we go. We got a Saturday night affair for the Columbus City League as Briggs knocked off Lyndon McKinley 21-20. Fisher Catholic took down Fairfield Christian on a Saturday 14-6. Another Saturday final, Independence 58, East 12. Some Thursday scores for you. We have four in the Columbus area. As Columbus Academy takes down Bexley, 31-7. Marion Franklin shuts out Beechcroft, 25-0. Walnut Ridge takes down Centennial, 36-14. And South, 52, Whetstone, 6. Now we head to the Friday night finals in Columbus. How about a... Two overtime affair and a winner for Bishop Watterson. They knock off St. Francis de Sales, 35-34. Bishop Hartley rolls over St. Charles, 49-10. That's Hartley, not Hartley, or whatever I said. Westfall, 36. Huntington, 0. Centerburg, 34. Highland, 26. I saw Centerburg in the state polls, by the way. New Lexington, 53. Morgan, 41. Chillicothe, 35. McLean, 7. Here's an overtime win for Lancaster. They take down Reynoldsburg, 41-40. Pickerington Central, 43. Groveport Madison, 3. Pickerington North, 47. Grove City, 24. Marysville, 31. Thomas Worthington, 0. 
Dublin Kaufman shuts out Hilliard Davidson, 49-0. Westerville Central shuts out Gehanna Lincoln, 43-0. I believe that's at Gehanna Lincoln. We have Olentangy Liberty, 38. Hilliard Bradley, 17. Olentangy Berlin, 38. Dublin Jerome, 27. Yes, I had to do a double take on the score stream to make sure that, yeah, both of those Olentangy teams scored 38 against their opponents. Westerville North 21, Canal Winchester 7, Olentangy Orange 31, not quite in the 38 club, Upper Arlington 14, and Olentangy 37, also not in the 38 club, but pretty close, Hilliard Derby 6, and I believe Olentangy is undefeated on the year. Braves have a pretty good football team, it seems like. New Albany 49, Westland 0, Wooster 33, Mount Vernon 23, Dublin Sciota 41, Franklin Heights 0, Westerville South 59, Delaware Hayes 20, Big Walnut, oh, going back to Delaware Hayes, I'm going to double check my list, but I believe Delaware Hayes is one of the Columbus area teams to not participate in this year's playoffs, but We'll double-check and see in a little bit. Big Walnut, 31. Worthington Kilbourne, 0. Buckeye Valley edges out Whitehall Yearling, 14-13. Liberty Union with our first 70-point result in Columbus. 77-6 winners over Grandview Heights. Harvest Prep, 18. Bishop Reedy, 15. Burn Union, 41. Miller, 18. Hamilton Township and the Rangers have rolled three straight by taking down Tees Valley, 21-12. Logan Elm, 34, Fairfield Union, 14, Amanda Clear Creek, 38, Circleville, 18, Licking Valley, 28, Licking Heights, 14. The Valley takes down the Heights. Lakewood, 49, Utica, 12, Heath, 28, Johnstown Monroe, 21, Granville and the Aces knocks off Watkins Memorial, 28-9, Afrocentric, 20, Mifflin, 8, Eastmore, 49, Northland, 0, and... I have a Columbus score in, a non-conference score in with the Columbus scores. I apologize for that, but Worthington Christian 40, Dayton Christian 14, Bloom Carroll 14, Logan 0, Central Crossing 32, Newark 7, Grove City Christian 40, Bishop Rosecrans 0. And now the non-conference games. If you were talking last year, this be an ECC affair, but with throw is back in the CMAC. Walnut Hills in the ECC. And it's the Eagles on top of the Tigers of Withrow, 24-6. St. Xavier falls to Indianapolis Cathedral, 25-22. LaSalle takes down Louisville, Kentucky, DuPont Manual, 17-7. And Lucas rolls over Troy Christian, 42-12. Cubs win. Onwards to the Hoosier State, we start off with Richmond and the Red Devils. In the North Central Conference, they are shut out by Marion, 53-0. We go to the Tri-Eastern Conference, Centerville. The Bulldogs, they have only lost once. This is week five in Indiana. Indiana starts a week before Ohio does normally, as does Kentucky. But Indiana has started a week before. Kentucky just started last week. But Centerville rolls over Tri, 49-14. The Bulldogs have stayed hot and just one loss in five attempts. Eastern Hancock, 42, Knightstown, 7, Northeastern, 24, Union City, 7. We have Union County and the Patriots. They have a great team this year. They edge by Winchester, 25-22. And an overtime win for the Golden Eagles of Lincoln. They knock off Hagerstown, the Tigers, 20-14. To the Eastern Indiana Athletic Conference, 
Connorsville and the Spartans, they pick up their first win of the year, and they win big over Rushville, 48-14 on a Saturday. East Central, 36, Batesville, 3. Lawrenceburg, 36, Arsenal Tech of Indianapolis, 7. Greensburg, 41, Fallon Academy, 14. And Franklin County, they did not play thanks to COVID-19. In the Mid-Indiana Football Conference, we have Oldenburg Academy shutting out Switzerland County, 38-0. Milan takes down North Decatur, 25-7. And South Decatur rolls over Edinburgh, 41-15 on a Saturday. And how about some Northern Kentucky scores? Sounds great to me. Boone County rolls over Scott in overtime, 28-22. That is Scott the school, not just a guy named Scott. That wouldn't be too fair, but hey, Scott scored 22 points. There you go. Ludlow, 54. Brossart, 33. Highlands, 23. Ryle, 14. Pendleton County, 24. Owen County, 19. Covington Catholic, 19. Beechwood, 17. A come-from-behind victory for CC. Gallatin County, 27. Bellevue, 7. Holmes, 12. Newport, 6. Newport Central Catholic, 32. Holy Cross, 6. DeSales 42, Cooper 14. Not sure where this DeSales is at. I can tell you it's not the Columbus one. I gave you St. Francis DeSales score earlier in this podcast. Connor 29, Campbell County 6. Roll up the word document. Simon Kenton 36, Walton Verona 6. And two games I had to search myself. Normally I get the Norfolk, Kentucky scores from nkyscores.com. Is it NKY Scores or NKYSports.com? It's one of those two sites. One of them works. This one is the Cumberland Falls Pigskin Classic, and it was a tough come-from-behind defeat for Dixie Heights. They fall to the host Corbin, 26-22. And Dayton, Kentucky, edges out Webster County, 30-29. That one took a little bit of digging to do, but I found it. And that's your high school sports, high school scores, rather. For week four in Ohio, week five in Indiana, and week two in Kentucky. Now, college scores. I didn't think I was going to have much of an opportunity to talk about this this year, but the Cincinnati Bearcats have a season, and they knock off Austin P in pretty big fashion. 55-20, Bearcats win. And I caught most of the first half with Dan Horde, and yeah, Dan's a great broadcaster and a previous guest on this podcast. If you haven't heard that episode, I recommend you go listen to it. Yeah, Bearcats are looking strong. Lots of options on offense. And even Wyoming's Evan Prater got some time. Now, granted, it was like in the fourth quarter late after Austin P scored their last few points of the game. But, hey, time is time. And now we head to NFL scores. We talked about this one in the previous episode, so we won't touch on it too much. But Browns 35, Bengals 30. That was the Thursday night game. And Joe Burrow threw his first three NFL touchdowns. One to C.J. Uzoma, who is now out for the year. And speaking of out for the year, there are a tremendous amount of injuries. I mean, crazy to think. I mean, there's some star players that are just... Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants, for example. I mentioned Uzoma for the Bengals. I think who else? But yeah, I mean, there's tons of players out for the year, and <laughs> the waiver wire is going to be a fun place to be, I'm sure. Sarcasm. The Indianapolis Colts defeat the Minnesota Vikings 28 11, and Pittsburgh Steelers 26, Denver Broncos 21. 
And that covers high school football, collegiate football, and NFL. Definitely we'll talk about week three for the Cincinnati Bengals in the next episode, 183. But until then, we'll keep on rocking with local sports. And we'll talk about the Cincinnati Reds and the playoff chase. It's very exciting times for the Cincinnati Baseball Club. And it's also very exciting times for FC Cincinnati as well. A couple more matches for 2020 and a win in their last match. That sounds great. But first, let's tell you about the good word of Redbubble and Tee Public. Hey, listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Redbubble. Do you like stickers? Sure you do. What about phone cases, travel mugs, pins, drawstring bags, and even wall clocks? You need to check out Redbubble.com. I myself have purchased stickers and a phone case from Redbubble, and they are great quality. What better way to show your support for this podcast by rocking a sticker on your laptop or rocking a brand new case with the podcast logo? There's a lot more to choose from at the Redbubble shop, such as greening cards, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, zipper pouches, backpacks, water bottles, and even phone and iPad cases. You can search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast on redbubble.com or find the direct shop link at cindaypod.com. Red Bubble. Hey, listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Tee Public. You have a wonderful selection to choose from, like t shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies, baseball shirts, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, and even household goods. Not only does Tee Public sell clothes with the podcast logos on them, but they also sell stickers. Phone cases, pins, magnets, notebooks, and more. Plus, Tee Public also holds sales constantly with $13 t-shirts and all of our items up to 35% off. What are you waiting for? Visit Sindaypod.com to find the direct link or search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast at tpublic.com. A portion of each sale helps out the podcaster and you spread the word of this podcast. T public. Hey, weren't those ads just beautiful? I made them before I started episode 182, and I'll let you in on a little secret. This is about the 15th time I tried to record the second part of this episode. Yeah, Soundforge has given me fits, and the best take I had stop recording my voice when I was talking about MOS standings. Why is it doing that? I don't know. Is this program the future for the podcast? Probably not, but, you know, try to give myself a new challenge or something. I don't know. So let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. They are in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. So Cincinnati coming in after defeating Milwaukee last night 6-3. They're 28-27, and over 500, and currently in the first wildcard spot of two in the postseason standings. We'll talk about the National League and tell you that the Los Angeles Dodgers of Los Angeles have the best record in MLB at 38-16, and they have clinched a postseason berth. And they are one of few teams to do that in the NL. The AL has more teams already clinching, but 
in second place are the Chicago Cubs, 32 and 22. Atlanta in third place as the top seed in the NL East at 32 and 22. San Diego has clinched a playoff spot at 34 and 20. That gives San Diego their first trip to the playoffs since 2006. Miami currently second place in the East. They have the fifth seed in the standings in the NL, 28-26. St. Louis, they're the second team in the Central, 26-25. Cincinnati is 28-27. And Philadelphia is 27-27. And that's your playoff teams. But you have two teams lurking nearby, Milwaukee and San Francisco. Both the Brewers and Giants are 26-27. So they're literally a half game out of the playoff race. In case you're wondering who else is still in the race, Colorado 24 and 29, New York Mets 24 and 30, Washington still alive at 21 32, but eliminated for postseason play, Arizona 20 and 34, Pittsburgh 15 and 39. In case you're wondering about the American League, we'll run down real quick Tampa Bay, Chicago White Sox, Oakland Athletics. Minnesota Twins, New York Yankees, Houston Astros, the Cleveland Indians, and the Toronto slash Buffalo Blue Jays. Followed by Seattle, Los Angeles Angels, Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City, and out, Boston, Texas. So back to the Reds. Who's coming back off the IL? That would be starter Sonny Gray. He's 5-3, and and his ERA has... Rose a little bit from his last two starts, his first seven, Sonny Grace. He had an ERA of under two. In fact, 1.94 was his ERA after seven starts. So he'll come in a 5-3 and three record, 3.94 ERA in nine starts. He'll take on Brian Anderson of the Brewers tonight. Cincinnati can win another series. I think that would be their sixth straight. I mean, the Reds are catching fire at the right time. With Sonny Gray coming off the IL, Nate Jones, the right-hander out of the bullpen and also a Northern Kentucky native, has been designated for assignment. So, yeah, I I like Sonny Gray with Cincinnati. I think he is definitely one of the sparks to the starting lineup. And if he's back healthy and that mid-right-back strain is not bothering him anymore, I think he will do just fine. So, Sonny Gray off the 10-day IL. Again, right mid-back strain. And he's been on the list since September 13th. And this is from September 11th, where he was retroactive to that. It's hard to believe it's been that long. It's, it's a little, what is it, a little under two weeks. But no limitations. Feeling really good. Ready to roll. He's excited to get back. So, that's great to see. It's an important time, an important game, said manager David Bell off the press release written by Mark Sheldon of Reds.com. He's a big part of the team in every way, so it might just be one start for Sonny Gray coming off the injured list, but you'll need him for the playoffs. You will definitely need him for the playoffs. I tell you, this season has been a wacky, wild, <laughs> a wacky, wild roller coaster of emotions. But I I have to say, this is probably the team we have come to expect for Cincinnati. And it's great to see the Reds finally clicking on all cylinders. The offense is hitting. 
and scoring runs. The bullpen is doing okay. The starting pitching is still strong. It's great to see. Now, the Reds still control their destiny. There's five games left, two against Milwaukee at home, and then three on the road against the Minnesota Twins. I mean, if the Reds continue to push like this, they could be a legit threat in the playoffs, and they'll take on the Chicago Cubs. Last year, the Reds won the season series against Chicago. This year, not so much. But, hey, I think the Reds are in a good spot for the playoffs. Again, Brian Anderson will get the start for Milwaukee, opposed by Sonny Gray. And then tomorrow, Cincinnati will send on short rest Trevor Bauer. Bauer's 4-4, four four, ERA of 1.80. He'll take on Hauser of the Brewers at 1-5, a 5.33 ERA. Brewers are a game under 500 and a half game out of the playoff race. Reds just need to put their foot down on the pedal and keep pushing because I definitely think that the Reds can get in the playoffs. Another nice tidbit, Joey Votto passed Pete Rose as the career walk leader for Cincinnati. And I know that's been a complaint that people often, you know, whine about. Oh, he's walking. He's not getting hits. You don't get runs off walks. Well, the bases load you do, but he's getting on base. What more do you want? It's not hitting into double plays. It's, you know, he's drawing walks. By the way, how many walks that is for Joey Votto to get as the career walk leader? 1,211. And that was during the 7-3 win over the White Sox on Sunday. He broke into the major leagues, did Joey Votto in 2007. My word, has it been that long? Votto's really that close to 40? It's just something that, you know, you don't realize. I mean, Joey Votto is still, you know, producing on this team. Yeah. <laughs> It's just crazy to think, and you know, you got to take care of yourself if you want to survive in this league. So, definitely hats off to Joey Votto and hats off to the Reds. Five games left, two at home against Milwaukee, and I definitely think the Reds have a shot at the playoffs. So, let's talk about FC Cincinnati and MOS and then the Columbus crew. Today, the MOS released the final matches of the regular season, and FC Cincinnati will have. Five straight at Nippert Stadium. These will be the last five of the regular season at Nippert, as next year, FC Cincinnati moves into the West End Stadium. First up, most of these are in October. The last two are in November and on the road. But October 3rd, it will be a visit to the Minnesota United FC. And October 7th, it will be a visit to the Philadelphia Union at Subaru Park. I'm telling you what I said on the first take that almost lasted, but again, thanks to SoundForge cutting off that last part, I decided not to go with it. October 11th, Toronto FC's in town. October 14th, hell is real again. Columbus Crew's in town. October 18th, DC United. October 24th, Minnesota's in. And October 28th, last home match of the regular season will be against Sporting Kansas City. The two last road matches for FC Cincinnati will be against Atlanta United, November 1st, and Inter-Miami CF, November 8th. At least it'll be warm then, maybe. I don't know. But 
Yeah, last few matches for FC Cincinnati. We'll tell you the last ones for the Columbus crew just a bit. But we also have to talk about the previous match. And also Team of the Week honors. Now this one player, I have no idea how to say his last name, so I'm definitely going to sound like an idiot. But Harris Bajun Annan. Bajun Annan. And also Nick Hagland, a defender. John Langland is a midfielder, and they both earned a place in the starting 11 for the performances at the New York Red Bulls. By the way, that performance turned out to be a 1-0 win for FC Cincinnati. Madhu Anlan scored his first goal for the Orange and Blue in the 85th minute. From the corner flag, he tucked his shot inside the far post, scoring the sixth Olympical goal in MLS history. The Bosnian midfielder was very active in the game. He led the team with 105 touches and 36 passes in New York's half. In the first start of the season, Haglund was a key element as FC Cincinnati notched their sixth shutout of the season, won 13 of 16 duels for an 81.3 success rate. That's pretty good. So yeah, 1-0 win for FC Cincinnati, and definitely it's nice to see. Granted, FC Cincinnati's got six shutouts on the year, and, you know, the gold differential, I'm going to sound silly saying this, but I don't think it's that bad. Negative nine, which that is the second worst in the Eastern Division. If we're going back to the previous season, yeah, my comparison isn't that far-fetched. Negative nine, I mean, it's obvious the offense still needs a touch or two, or a lot. But the defense, I mean, yes, 17 goals in 12 matches, that's not, you know, fantastic, but it's, you know, it's it's a lot better. And I think FC Cincinnati is starting to get their feet wet in MLS. If they can get the offense going, that'd be pretty good, you know, for those Cincinnatians rooting for their team, especially since next year is the first year of West End Stadium. Definitely looking forward to that. And for the ever team we talk about on this podcast, Columbus Crew SC, I can tell you they're on top of the Eastern Mountain, 8-1-3. And, and Columbus just keeps on a winning. 27 points. FC Cincinnati, they are on top of the playoff line at 3-6-3. Like I mentioned, negative nine goal differential. Eh, nothing to write home about, but six shutouts. I mean, most of those came out of blowouts. So, hey. It could be a lot worse than Cincinnati. So let's check out how the Columbus crew are doing. And that's definitely not where I thought the website would take me. But we will tell you, 8-1 and 3 wins, a loss, and 3 draws. Yeah, uh, Columbus crew is doing pretty well. So let's talk about the last matches for Columbus. They have a home match this Wednesday against Minnesota United FC. And starting their last matches, they'll be on the road at Toyota Stadium at FC Dallas, at home against Montreal, away at Orlando City, at FC Cincinnati. I mentioned that October 14th, hell is real again. Then hosting New York City FC at Mafre Stadium, at Houston, at DC United, October 24th and 28th. Then hosting Philadelphia and Atlanta, November 1st and the 8th, for the last regular season matches at Mafre Stadium. 
which it's neat to think that not one but two MLS teams in Ohio are getting new stadiums, and the first year is next year. So definitely looking forward to that. And in case you're wondering why we talk about the crew on a podcast for Cincinnati and Dayton Sports, we've always talked about the crew. By we, I mean me. It's my podcast. And you listen to it, of course. But we always talk about it because of the fact that the Columbus crew were the only MLS team in town or in the state for a while. And then FC Cincinnati joined the ranks. Now both of them are in MLS. You know, there's no reason not to talk about Columbus crew, in my opinion. So... There you go. And that will do it. Hopefully, Soundforge has not decided to stop recording my voice. Looks like it's still going. Yay! We learned something today. Probably just stick with Audacity. But there we go. That's episode 182 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And again, check out the stores at Redbubble and T Public. Yes, that's new closing as well. We updated some of the things today, didn't we? Yes, we did. We'll talk to you again for episode 183 for week five Ohio High School football scores. The Cincinnati Bengals' third game of the year. Did the Reds make the playoffs? What'd they do in their last five? And more on episode 183. Talk to you then, folks. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off on episode 182 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Sunday Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time. <laughs>